Yesterday did not feel like summer, despite being the first day of summer. We had full rain. I mean, we need rain because we live in that part of the world where by July, August, if we haven't had enough rain, we are dealing with wildfires. We have our suitcase packed by the door and the smoke is too much for us to actually go outside. So I'll just be grateful that it's been raining a lot in the last few weeks. Um, but boy, was I happy to see the sun out this morning. It was gorgeous. You know, a day after it's been raining for a few weeks, it's sunny, it's dewy, it's divine today gorgeous. Hydrangeas huge. The river blue green. The garden's growing and the strawberries are ready to be picked. And my kids and I are building our summer bucket lists. Do you have a bucket list plan for the summer? Do your kids have their own bucket lists magnetized or stuck to your fridge? On our bucket list we have a goal to trade in our family size canoe and maybe get a couple smaller kayaks or a smaller canoe, kind of a sign that our family is changing, it's shifting. We believe we might have a goat pregnant. It's hard to know. She doesn't look pregnant. She's not acting pregnant. And can I just say, if I could choose to be a goat pregnant or a human pregnant, I think I'd rather be a goat because she's two, maybe one week away from delivering and I can't tell she's pregnant. Our high schooler just graduated high school about a week ago. Our One of our post-secondary school daughters just graduated from her fine arts program. And my son is entering high school, my youngest kiddo. This is a significantly transitional time, at least for my heart. Not only are we trading in the family-sized canoe, we're also bringing one of our daughters across the country to start her college program this fall that would be our third daughter so a lot of transitions for our family what we are looking forward to as well is going to san fran rachel and i if maybe for a taylor swift concert that is going to be so exciting happy graduation rachel i'd love to hear what's on your summer bucket list and what's on your kids summer bucket list today i'm going to give you a summer sound bite which means an abbreviated podcast episode, so you can head back to your watering hole with your giant book stack, and maybe something bubbly as you sit and watch the kids play. Maybe you'll join in too. Hey, and if you haven't met me, I'm Teresa Wiedrich. I'm the homeschool life coach over at capturingthecharmlife.com. I'm here to help you reimagine your homeschool life. And so today's episode is especially dedicated to the second to fifth year homeschool mom, because it's about this time when we typically want to reimagine our homeschool lives. Year one is just full on a lot. And then by the time you head into the second, third, fourth year, you are kind of discovering that things are not quite happening the way that you want to. And we're going to maybe unpack some of the reasons why that might be. If you are a homeschooler from the second to fifth year, this is for you. If you are a first year homeschooler or you're the homeschool curious or you're thinking you're gonna homeschool in the fall, let me know because I have a special gift for you. But if you're a homeschooler between the second and fourth or fifth year, this is for you. 
This is what I've seen over the past few years when I'm intentional about coaching. I've been coaching since the beginning of my homeschool years, really since about my nursing years, which is before I had a child. But official coaching years, the last few years, I've seen distinct seasons for homeschool families, parents, how they're approaching their homeschool, what they're experiencing in their homeschool. The first year, well, it is all unique. And I actually just came off a reel or a live or both on Instagram talking about first year homeschool moms. So if you aren't already on my homeschool Instagram account, you can head over there. But if you are a second to fifth homeschool mama, these are the things that I see are the biggest challenges typically in our homeschool lives at that time. I'd love it if you would put your biggest challenges in the comment section down below before I say the ones that I am seeing on repeat. Okay, so if these are the three that you identify with, I'd also love to hear that. But this is the first one. It is not homeschooling at all. In our second to fifth years, we begin to identify that things are really not working for us, but we can't quite figure out why. If you were to sit down and have a chat with me, or you'd have a chat with another homeschool veteran or seasoned homeschool mom, as we call them, then you might discover that it's not about homeschooling. It's not almost ever about homeschooling. Sometimes we need to reframe how we think about what an education is. We have to come away from these traditional schooled mindsets that really don't serve our children or us in our homeschools. And that's one of the three. It's de-schooling, learning to de-school, coming away from those unhelpful homeschooled mindsets that keep perpetuating into infinity and beyond that there is one right way to homeschool. There's not. Or a methodology or a philosophy that would seem ideal. You've not tried X philosophy, so maybe it's that one. It's not. Or that curriculum. It's not, thank goodness, because that would save you money right there. Although, if you are a classic homeschool mom, which I am, you have way too much curriculum, and it's because you kept searching for the next right curriculum. Also, routines. There's no ideal routine. There is not one that's fixed either, because your kids keep growing, you keep changing, you're not going to find the routine that's perfect either. So your commitment isn't to a method it's not to the curriculum, it's not to the routine or a planner or any of those things, it's to your child. And when you can de-school, you come away from all the traditional school mindsets and you focus on what's the most important thing, your relationship with your child and who they are as a person and how they learn. Simplified. So de-schooling is the number one. The second one is kind of on the tails of de-schooling. It is that child-led learning. I don't know what I would want to call the idea of homeschooling that I think is the most ideal, and there's a reason for that, because I don't actually think I can replicate it in your home. Even if you and I coach together, I'm not going to take what I did and help you do what I did, because I know that you are different than me, and your kids are different than mine. Your perspective on what an education is is different. Your, your worldview, everything might be different from how I see things. 
I'm not here to replicate my version of what a school or a homeschool should be in your home. So I don't even want to call it child-led learning or self-directed learning or unschooled or Charlotte Mason or Waldorf or Montessori. They're all cool. We can learn from all of them. And some of them just ring truer for us than others, but none of them is the one right way to do it. And yet leaning in to child-led learning will bring us a lot of freedom and a whole lot less pushback typically from our child. Leaning into child-led learning means that we're learning about our child. Maybe they are neurodivergent, but do you know, that's kind of an overused thing out there right now because what is neurodivergent? Even in the neurodivergent world, it's so diverged. There's so much division or no, division, diversion. There's so much difference. That's what I'm trying to say. There's so much difference between neurodiversion. And same thing with the kids that are not neurodiverse. There's also a lot of difference. We're trying to focus in and learn about that specific child and what they need. And not only do we learn and have to learn what they're doing or what they're, how they're processing, we also have to recognize that what is today is not going to be what it is next year. And also, same for you. And that is my third thought. The one thing that, or the third thing, but probably the most important thing that I see with homeschool moms, the thing that they find most challenging is your big emotions. Sometimes that means you have a lot of anxiety and you're not quite sure how to deal with your doubt or you're not quite sure how to just do your homeschool routine without feeling like you're never getting enough done or you're always behind something or you want to do more and you can't. Maybe you're angry a lot more than you thought you would be because things aren't going the way that you want or has nothing to do with homeschooling and you have some things that you want or know you probably should be addressing and you're not because it's a lot of work and it requires a lot of personal heavy lifting. Maybe it requires therapy. Maybe it requires coaching. Maybe it just requires a regular journaling routine to do your own self-coaching. But there's a lot of something going on in here and you cannot ignore it. Oh, you can. But when you do, you actually create a whole bunch of suffering when you're homeschooling and making everything more difficult. So whether it's doubt or anger or it doesn't matter what the big emotion is, when we get into patterns of uncomfortable emotions and not addressing them or not having a plan for them, we stir up a whole bunch of trouble with our kids. We stir up a whole bunch of trouble with our unrealistic expectations or fueling our not good enough feelings or you fill in the blank. But those three things, dealing with our big emotions, learning to get outside of a traditional schooled mindset and leaning into the child-led learning instead of one right way of homeschooling are the three different things that I see that most second to fourth year homeschoolers are challenged with. And I think we can overcome those hurdles. That's why I talk about turning our challenges into our charms. We can create a more fulfilling homeschool experience if we put a little elbow grease into those challenges. Remember that there isn't one right way to homeschool. All you need is your commitment to your child and their needs. And know that you have needs too. If you resonate with any of these challenges or would like further guidance, I'm here to support you. So feel free to reach out and book a chat with me.
Together, we can reimagine our homeschool lives as second to fifth year homeschoolers. I would love to hear from you, your challenges between your second and fifth year homeschool. If you are listening to this and you are well past those years, I would love to hear your thoughts looking back. And if you're in the middle of it, you're also welcome to join me for a workshop, a free workshop on Facebook in the Facebook Homeschool Mama support group. That'll happen Wednesday, June 28th at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'll also be offering a first year homeschool mom workshop and you'll find that in the Facebook support group as well. If you could share a review on Apple or Spotify, I'd be deeply grateful. Holly from Haven Words shared with me that she loves homeschool mama self-care and all that Teresa does for the homeschool moms. Get in touch with her to see how she can help you. I really appreciated that Holly. And I love what I'm doing. So definitely don't hesitate. Book a chat with me. If you'd like to reimagine your homeschool life, I'm offering a free mini course titled Reimagine Your Homeschool Life. And in it, you're going to find inspiration to address all these challenges. You can find that on the show notes to this page on my website, capturingthecharmlife.com. This episode is titled Navigate the Second to Fifth Homeschool Years, Challenges and Insights. Until next week, I want for you and your homeschool kids to turn all those homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. Now get back to the swimming pool.